0: Chapter ten of Silly and its Legends by Henry James Whitfeld. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. CHAPTER ten. War and the East Niles. Sail on a fine day down New Grimsby Channel, and you will enjoy a view as rugged and as romantic as any that you have hitherto found. Oliver's Castle is on your right, and above it is the grey ruin bearing the name of the unhappy martyr as you gain the open sea you will probably have a swell the deep water generally heaves lazily as if with a consciousness of its power even when at rest sharks are not unfrequently met here and the air especially in the breeding season echoes with the cries of the numerous waterfowl for which Scilly is so famous leaving piper's hole on the right we steered towards manor war but the wash on the rocks was so heavy that we were unable to land We contrived, however, to get on Round Island and picked up a basket of cormorant's eggs. On the highest point of the island is a fine barrow and circle. The old sea-king has apparently not been left undisturbed in his solitary abode. Some idler like myself has turned aside to wrong the quiet of the dead. The puffin breeds here and at Manawar, in great numbers, and we saw their parrot-like forms wheeling around us as they watched our intrusion on their domain the young cormorants were so tame that they fought each other before us and would hardly get out of our way leaving round island you cross st helen's pool and reach the island of that name here there was once a church and probably a monastic establishment now it is utterly deserted some deer and goats were placed upon it a few years since but only one of the former is left and he goes backwards and forwards between this place and teen there are still standing the walls of the ancient pest-house we next visited teen or saint theona which is equally uninhabited though at both there are walls and parts of buildings some of the enclosures running far into the sea and giving incontrovertible proof of the former union of many if not all of these now disjointed and separate rocks leyland speaks of this portion of the group as especially dedicated to religion saint lydes where of old was great superstition some think that st lyde is a corruption of st elid and that again another form of st helen others believe it to be rat island teen or theona which the erudite historian much renowned for greek makes to be derived from that language is now inhabited only by white rabbits which are very beautiful and remarkable for their long and silky fur there is a druidical circle on a hill called yellow khan the whole place is very picturesque and though its extent is but thirty-five acres it consists entirely of hill and dale and has many and charming views we sailed from it round st martin's for the eastern isles the sound is studded with rocks terribly near the surface a short time since a box was here washed up bearing i think only the name of agnes ewing the vessel so called was a large indiaman that had left liverpool for calcutta she was never heard of more nor could any guess be made at her fate save for this fragment which was Worcestershire at teen what a dreadful reply will be given when the trumpet shall sound and the angel's voice go forth give up thy dead thou see as we passed through st helen's sound i asked why the parsonage which faces the harbour was built in a situation so exposed to a cold quarter the reason was particularly Salonian. every one formerly smuggled here and among others the then clergyman the cellars of the building are far larger than is necessary for a very obvious reason and the house was made to face northeast in order that the worthy incumbent might watch the shipping in the pool and receive in reply to any signal he was obliged to run away from having been detected in some gross smuggling affair his sister who was as great an oddity as himself died of starvation though fifty pounds were found in her possession at her funeral the parson's cellar was unceremoniously invaded and a scene ensued only to be equalled at an irish weight troutbeck the amusing historian of scilly whose work is most interesting left the islands it is said from fear of the consequences of a similar offence in fact i believe that had the queen then lived at scilly she would have smuggled like other people doubling st martin's we enter crow sound and steered direct for the eastern isles these are numerous and some of them large one great ganalee containing upwards of sixteen acres they are distinguished by various names for which and for all local particulars both here and elsewhere i must beg to refer to north's laborious and exact accounters i only seek to record my impressions and not the details of what i see we landed on the arthur's there being three of that name on great and middle arthur are several barrows one large and capable of containing many persons the remains of enclosures are visible but there is nothing now living but lop-eared rabbits and rats where we embarked i fancied that i could trace the outline and materials in an antique pier footnote i was not mistaken a patriarch nearly ninety years old tells me that this place was formerly called arthur's key and that according to ancient tradition whenever one of its stones was by chance removed some invisible hand always replaced it by night footnote ends the walls too appeared to be very old almost as it seemed to me connected with the circles and barrows it is really painful to see these vestiges of life and labour like the dead bones spoken of by the prophet once instinct with life there is nothing remarkable in any of the other rocks except their picturesque roughness of form and the fine contrast of the surf flashing over the deep blue upon their grey stones and bright bays of sand from them you emerge into the great ocean the light ship of the ridge called the seven stones is before you on a clear day you can see the land's end and you may lie in the stern of your boat and muse about the lioness the day is calm. a pair of sea pies scream at you as you pass so transparent is the water that fathom deep beneath you you can distinguish rock from sand all is repose and beauty and tranquillity you are gliding by arthur and look upon its grey boulders There, however, is a memorial of a different scene. Part of the mast of a large ship lies broken and forgotten on the shore. Why is it left there unclaimed? Ask the tempest, ask the great green monster over whose bosom you sweep as it lies smiling and murmuring in the sunlight below. End of chapter ten recording by Timothy Ferguson, Gold Coast, Australia.